The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Before I let you go, Bobby, we have Brian here. Is there any particular gardening advice that you like for when you get back up to the big smoke? Yeah, well, I have a, a, a tower garden, which is like a, a a garden with no soil that you grow. It, the water cascades down. And last year, all my plants died after a brilliant summer of having like about 12 or 15 herbs and rocket and lettuces and all. But I couldn't keep it uh, going through the winter. Everything died on me. So if he has a solution to that, I'd gratefully accept it. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, just looking at the expression on his face, Bobby, the, <laughs> the, the, it, it's like watching somebody do forensic science. He's been listening to every single word so I have no doubt that he has an answer we'll let you go and I'll broadcast the answer to you Bobby Kerr coming up in about 15 minutes on Down to Business alright Brian Bobby's what is he soilless garden what did he call it um, it sounds like it's either a green wall or he's experimenting with some sort of hydroponic system down there very progressive is Bobby by the sound very. of that yeah um, hydroponics is a soilless system of gardening all the nutrients are in the soil water so everything the plant needs just extracts it from the, so- from the water there's no what we call growing medium no compost no soil but it needs to be calibrated very carefully it's easy to over uh, it's it's very easy to over what's the word provide excessive amount of nutrients in the soil water it's also very easy to err on the low side so to calibrate and get that balance perfectly right is very very difficult it sounds like he's having trouble with that is it tap water because I assume things like chlorine and fluoride can't be great for plants can they yeah well it's normally spring water it's normally in situations where you're taking it straight from groundwater or straight from a confined aquifer or something underneath the earth a, a, a spring of some sort so it's natural water you know it's not, it's not treated, it doesn't go through the treatment process. So Bobby needs to get somebody out with a pH balance and a chemical detector and find out what's e- in there. Exactly, he needs to calibrate that a bit, a bit better. It sounds like he's just getting the balance a little bit wrong there. We have questions coming in from people whose gardens are not hydroponic, saying things like, when do I cut back perennials in autumn and how low do you go to the ground? Okay, well perennials, I mean again, depending on the perennials, this, this is prime time to be dealing with perennials in all sorts of ways. So they need to be divided around this time of the year, they also need to be cut back. Now, it depends on whether you're harvesting seed. Things like Estrancia, things like Scabios, things like Aquilegia. You can harvest the seed from the seed heads of those, of those if you want to try and reseed them again and next summer. And what are summer. they? Like when we talk perennials, are we talking flowers? Are we talking hedges? Okay, perennials are defined as any plant that lives for longer than two years right now there's a there's a distinction to be made here because essentially that that definition fits all plants right but we make a distinction between woody perennials and herbaceous perennials so when we talk perennials we're usually talking herbaceous perennials herbaceous perennials have no permanent wood structure they develop plant tissue cellulose year on year. They reach a point in autumn, winter where they start to die back and then they die back to rootstock and then regenerate the following spring. Now, you can, you can, you can give them a kickstart or a head start for the following spring by cutting them back right down to ground level. Cut them right down to ground level. But if you want to get a seed stock for the following year, harvest the seeds before you cut them back. Look into the seed heads, pull those seeds out, put them into an envelope, put them in a dry spot, keep them over the winter, and then you can reseed them the following spring. So right. that I understand that, am I right then in saying that a hedge would be a woody perennial, but a strawberry plant would be a herbaceous perennial? Yeah, now it's slightly, slightly different in that, in that uh, strawberry plants um, propagate by a system called stolons, right? So stolons is a form of vegetative reproduction, right? Stolons are a system whereby you get a lateral root just above the surface of the ground. So they're strictly speaking not a herbaceous perennial. There's a, there's a, there's a system of lateral root propagation. One is rhizomes just underneath the ground. Stolons are just above the ground, right? So perennials, again, talking about perennials, prime time to 
talk all things perennial now. Harvest the seeds, cut them back, right? It's also a good time to divide perennials, right? Now, dividing perennials, again, in the herbaceous bed, they they tend to get a little bit congested. They tend to spread. They tend to thicken, right? They need a bit more space. Lift out the rootstock, the whole thing with a fork, lift it out cleanly, depending on the nature of the rootstock. It could be fibrous. It could be fleshy. It could be a combination of both. You need to divide those perennials. It's essentially free plant. So right? just, gen- just gently wiggle them apart. Okay, fibrous, something fibrous like a daylily or an agapanthus. Get two four-grain forks, drive it into the centre of the root of the rootstock and pry them apart. You'll pull the, ro- you'll pull the fibre root system apart and you'll create new plants then replant those in new spots make sure to get plenty of water and you have free plants if they're fleshy just cut them with a, with a knife if they're a combination of fleshy and fibers like a hosta for example a sharp cut with a spade will do and you free plants replant them make sure to get plenty of water so prime time for perennials cut them back save the seeds if you want to cut them back and also divide them to give them a bit more space. We have pressing um, apple tree issues. Um, when should I prune my apple trees and how much should I prune them? Followed by one saying, Anton, I would like to move an unproductive apple tree to a less exposed part of the garden. I'm on the South Connemara coast. Should I do this earlier or later in dormancy? So what about the pruning one first? Okay, everything to do with fruit trees, pruning fruit trees should happen in dormancy. Okay, so dormancy, what, what's that mean? Well, it's the dormant period when the biological and phys- physiological Logical processes of deciduous plants shut down. They basically hibernate, right? Now, evergreen plants still kind of tick along over the winter, but anything deciduous basically shuts down and hibernates. That's typically from November all the way through to March, right? When, when, uh, when we, after leaf fall, when temperatures drop, when the light gets more, more limited, all of that. So anything to do with pruning fruit trees should happen in the dormant season. Moving trees should also happen in the dormant season. You'll be familiar with bare root planting. That happens in the dormant season. This is a means by which we have, it's a format that we have access to in the dormant season, whereby you can plant large volumes of plants very cheaply because they can be lifted from the field. They've shut down for the year, for the for the for the winter they can be lifted from the field with no what we call growing medium attached no soil no compost no nothing just the fibrous root system so this allows us to plant large quantities of plants over the dormant season very very cheaply there's less handling costs less initial cost of the plant itself it's this it's the format that you will see used in agricultural situations in stud farms in for long runs of hedging uh, large quantities of tree planting all of that sort of stuff so everything to do with dormancy is, ha- is going to kick in now in a few weeks, November through to December. Good for pruning, good for moving plants and good for bare root planting. How deep do you prune? How deep do you prune? Well, you're looking for, it's, it, it's that, va- it's, the, it's the goblet effect, right? If you think about a goblet, it's got the stem and then it's got that, you know, ascending, widening habit, right? So you're looking for an open centre. You're always looking for an open centre. You're always looking to avoid anything that's growing in. Any stems or shoots that are growing inwards, get rid of them. You're looking for that Y effect, that goblet, capital Y, goblet effect. So keep the ones so, that are growing outwards yes. from the centre, but anything that's pointing back in, snip it. Snip it. And the, the, thing, the thing with apple trees, the fruit-bearing limbs are the horizontal limbs. So get rid of anything that's grown vertically, it's not going to carry fruit. The horizontal, the horizontal shoots are the ones that are going to carry the fruit and be the most prolific for you. So try and concentrate on getting that goblet, kind of Y-shaped horizontal, uh, horizontal limbs. I need some personal advice in relation to tomatoes. 
Okay. I had tomatoes which were uh, to like this uh, apple tree in Galway were unproductive so I did the sensible thing and absolutely doused them in fertiliser. Okay. This caused several of them to immediately die and some of the ones that didn't die stuttered a bit struggled and now seem to be starting to really try to bear fruit right into a period of time where I assume you don't want tomatoes bearing fruit. Is there anything I can do? Okay, I think you sent them into shock there. I think you might have got the proportions of your fertilizer a little bit wrong. If this was if this was a liquid it feed was, that you yes. gave them, I think go go home tonight now and look again at the instructions on the back of that pack because I think you might have got the concentration of actual. Well, I went on the basis wrong. that if a little is good, a little bit more is probably better. Right. Okay. So, but there's a sweet spot. There's always a sweet spot when we're providing nutrients. Can to plants. I fix this problem, Brian? Can you fix it? Well, you can fix it next spring. Great. T- tomatoes have pretty much down <laughs> tools now for the seasons. So you're not going to do much about it now. But uh, bear in mind that advice come next come next season. Tech saying gardening pears. They have fallen in the wind. How do I store and ripen them? Okay, they've fallen in the wind. Um, again, we have constant issues with pears. So pe- pears are difficult to grow. They need a lot of time to establish. This is an issue people have with pears. Young pear trees don't really bear um, fruit that successfully or that prolifically within the first few years. People get a bit discouraged. They um, Im- immature uh, pear trees can 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 are susceptible to this thing called called June or July drop, whereby immature trees are incapable of sustaining a fruit all the way through to maturity. So wh- it, mature trees that are in the ground six seven years start to bear reasonable amounts of fruit, but this time of the year they start to fall. Wrap them very carefully in a sheet of newspaper individually. Don't wrap them all together, wrap them in a sheet of newspaper, set them out on a a, a shelf, an airing shelf if you, if, you, if you have access to such a thing that the ventilation can get up underneath them and they will ripen themselves. Pears ripen off the tree, a bit like, a bit like tomatoes that you mentioned there a minute ago. They do a lot of their ripening off the tree or off the vine. Once they begin to ripen, is there a way to slow it? Do you keep them out somewhere cold? Does that get more duration out of them or once they start, they're away? Uh, once they start, they're away. I mean, you're looking, as as with all of these things, you're looking for kind of moderate conditions, not too warm, not too cold. You're looking for that nice, sweet spot that they're going to be happy in and ripen nice and gently, nice and sweetly. Uh, text asking, um, is now a good time to plant a Mount Fuji tree? In my garden. Oh, a Mount Fuji tree. Okay, Prunus shirote, I think is the botanical name. Mount Fuji. So it's an ornamental flowering cherry. Obviously synonymous with the Far East, with Japan, as we all know, flowering ornamental cherries are. Uh, Prunus shirote is slightly unusual in that it's a snow white leaf rather than the typical pinkish uh, cherry blossom that we're familiar with. Now, bare root season, I mentioned it there a minute ago. So this is a big thing, is it? This is an ornamental tree. You get to about eight metres, seven or eight metres. Very suitable for a small garden, right? Now is a good time to plant it, but it depends on the format that you have access to. I mentioned bare root a minute ago. Now, not every garden centre is going to carry bare root prunus shirote. It's a slightly exotic uh, plant. You will get it. If you do some looking, you will get a bare root version of it. But... The problem with bare root is you're limited in the, in, the, in the initial size. You're only going to get a bare root version of this tree, about 1.4, max 1.5 metres. If you want a bigger specimen to begin with, buy it potted, buy it containerized from a garden centre or wherever you get your plants. You can plant that pretty much any time of the year. Now is a really good time. Soil temperatures are still reasonably warm and it's going to kick in and establish itself for next spring. Very but, briefly then. On, sorry, go ahead, Brian. But just, I'm just saying that you can plant potted plants all year round, but try and avoid planting potted or 
are containerized when it gets really hot during the summer because it puts a lot of stress on them. Now in this early autumn is the sweet spot for planting anything. That was the very thing I was going to ask. The same rules of dormancy apply that now is a good time with potted plants as well as everything else. Absolutely. Once they're potted or containerized, Anton, they have access to their own growing growing material within the pot. So they're self-contained, they're self-sufficient and they can be just transferred into the soil. As always, uh, more questions than we could ever uh, get through. Uh, Text back from the person who was asking about their pears saying, thanks very much for the info. That is Brian Burke, RTE Super Garden Judge. And next time Brian is in, we will get to the ones that we didn't get to today. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.